Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship, and the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. This episode is brought to you by KiwiCo. If you haven't heard of KiwiCo, you definitely need to. So I'm so excited to partner with them because I feel like I finally found a company that has the same values of education and connection with your children that I do. We just got our first box and it is all about rainbows. My kids are so excited to learn about rainbows and to do all the art projects. Something I love is that there's also suggestions for other easy projects you can do in the book and it really makes the parenting piece seem so easy because they're like lay it out step by step what you need to do and all the materials are right there in the box. So I will let you know how our first box goes, but if you want to get in on yours, the link is in the show notes. And if you sign up for texts, you get 50% off your first box. Can't wait to hear what you think about it. Welcome back, everyone. I think this is my 17th or 18th episode, which is like mind-blowing to me. I feel like I just started this, but I also feel like I've been doing it forever, which is kind of how I feel about parenting. Like, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I feel like I've been a mom forever and I haven't slept in 10 years, even though Sam's only five. So... This week, I sat down and talked to Chelsea Westman, and she is a productivity expert and and business consultant. She, I cannot say enough good things about her. She specializes in helping women find their and. Her wisdom and advice has helped me manage this whole podcast, therapist, run a business thing and be a mom without feeling like I'm going crazy. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. She has so many good tangible tips that you can implement in your day-to-day life, whether you have a business or not. Um, Just if you're a mom and, and everyone's life's busy, right? She has so many good tips in there. So I'll read you her bio and then we'll get started. Chelsea is a t-shirt and jeans wearing mama and wife living next to the Utah mountains. As a productivity coach and business consultant, Chelsea is passionate about empowering ambitious mamas and entrepreneurs to take back their time, make more money doing what they love, and create a life of freedom and fulfillment without the overwhelm. You guys, she's so amazing. You're going to love this episode. Please share it with all your mom friends because we're all overwhelmed and juggling so many things while trying to be good parents. Anyway, enjoy. Well, welcome, Chelsea. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you on here. 
I am pumped. I can't, I mean, there's nothing that I love more than getting to talk with and teach mamas. So this is a good fit. I got a ton of questions for you. So everyone's really excited to hear what you have to tell us and teach us. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So how did you get into being a productivity coach? Okay. So this is a, it used to just be a one story, but it is recently turned into a two part story. So let me see how, how shortened down I can, I can get this, but I took a wellness coaching course in college and it was my last semester of college. And I was like, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. It was such a great experience. And, um, after I graduated, I thought, well, you know, I'm not really ready to, to do that. I don't really, I don't really know a lot of people that have their own businesses. So it just was a little bit too scary for me at the time. And so I shelved it and just thought that's my someday dream when I'm done having babies and, you know, in a good comfortable, you know, someday, someday, someday type of thing. And so I kind of just shelved it and had a really awesome career, had my babies. And then, um, I always kind of did something on the side. I've always had to have something on the side, um, some type of passion, a hobby, but for me, one of my hobbies is making money. I really enjoy that. And so usually one of my side things was always like a paid part-time position. And I was working for a couple, uh, really helping them manage their business and the market slowed down. They're real estate investors, the market slowed down and they didn't have hours for me. And I was so frustrated because I thought this is what I was going to do. This is such a good setup. Like this is what I thought I wanted. And so I was just driving around really angry and frustrated after having that conversation. And the thought came to me, it's time to start your coaching business. And I immediately dismissed it because scary, right? Doing anything on your own, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing about so scary. So I immediately dismissed it and continued wallowing and feeling bad for myself. So a couple of nights later, I was watching a documentary with my husband and he knew what I was dealing with and kind of struggling of what was next. I was feeling like something needed to be next and wasn't quite sure what that looked like. And there was a part on the documentary. It was about how emotions affect your, um, affect your choices. And it was a therapist on actually. And she said, one of the, the first things I ever asked my, my um, uh, clients is what would you do if you weren't afraid? And so my sweet husband, he paused the TV. He looked straight at me. He said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And before I even had a chance to think about the words, um, I would start my coaching business came out of my mouth. And then I remember immediately covering my mouth with my hands because there was, <laughs> it was out, it was out and there was no taking it back. And so come full circle. That's one of the first questions I ask my one-to-one -one clients now, because usually that one thing that is the scariest for us, the one thing that's on our heart, um, is the one thing that will really push us and grow us the most. And so that was how I, I got started and I bootstrapped everything. So um, started from, you know, zero followers, zero people on my email list, zero, 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 big fat zeros. And so um, that was almost two years ago. And I love what I get to do now. But um, there's a second part of that question often that people are like, well, why productivity? Or, you know, why are you still doing it? And, and that pieces. My, my life's purpose has always been to enable others to reach their potential. I think that's why coaching felt like a good fit to me. Um, but it wasn't until last summer that I really tasted how powerful a strong why can be until mine shifted. So I thought my why was to help people, you know, reach their potential, but really that was, that's what I'm passionate about. Um, but my husband lost his job right in the, in the mess of COVID and I was actually miscarrying our third baby at that oh, time. No. And it was a total nightmare. Um, and my husband lost his job. 
And I remember just feeling furious, furious at myself because my business couldn't sustain our family because mm-hmm. I've been playing small. I've been hiding behind my husband's paycheck. And um, I remember feeling furious that somebody else had that much control over like my peace of mind. Right. And so right then and there, I just out of just fury, sometimes the things we're running from are just as important as the things we're running to when it comes to motivation and to wise. Um, oh, I truly believe that. Yeah, 100%. It's just as painful. Sometimes the pain's more than, you know, than the pleasure we're seeking. And so I, right then and there, I just decided I was going to dig my heels in and nobody ever again was going to have that kind of power over my financial peace of mind and over my family's stability. Um, makes me tear up when I talk about it. But after I figured out how to do it, it worked. I invested in myself. I invested in the coach. I really got busy. Um, and my business blew up during COVID. And which is such a blessing. And I do not take that for granted. But once I figured out how to do it and figured out that I could support our family, I became passionate about helping other moms do the same. And so helping entrepreneurs and and mamas take back their time and be able to scale their businesses at the same time without the overwhelm, without the mom guilt, um, that's the why. Because we're told in society that we can't have our aunt. You can't be an awesome parent and work. <laughs> and right. It's bogus. It's, it's bogus. And so I just, if there's anything that I want my clients to understand and the people that I work with is that you can have your aunt, you can have financial fulfillment and be a present parent. Um, it just takes some very strategic and intentional um, systems and routines to do it. So that's, that's my why. <laughs> so there's the second part to my story now. I love it. And I love that you focus on motherhood and being intentional with your parenting, which leads to my next question is that something I've, I love about you is that you are very intentional with about your time with your children. And so I want you to tell me a little bit about how you do that and the systems that you use to make that time happen. Oh, I love, love this topic. Um, okay. So when I first started, it was not like that. I have, I've not always had the um, no, say no to mom guilt type of mentality that I do now. It definitely didn't start that way because I had a stay at home mom and I loved that. And she wanted to be home with me. And that was such a blessing, but that was the only, um, that was all I knew about what being a mom was. And so Mm -hmm. in my mind, being a good mom was literally being there 24 seven. Um, and so I remember feeling really called to do this work that I was doing and feeling out of alignment because I wasn't the kind of mom I thought I should be, <laughs> which I know this is so, this resonates with so many. Um, but it actually took a conversation with my own sweet mama. Um, I just remember crying and bawling on the phone and being like, I don't know if I can do this. What if I neglect my kids? Like, they're the most important thing ever. I'm doing this for them. Like, why am right. I trying to get away from them? And mm-hmm. so dealing with all of those things that working mamas do. And my mom says, Chelsea, we did not raise you to be the kind of mom that you think you're supposed to be. She goes, we raised you to be, to, to pursue your interests. We raised you to go for the things that are important to you. And she goes, your boys are going to watch you grow and learn. And there's no better example that you could give them. And I just remember it was almost like my own mom had given me permission to be a different kind of mom. Right. Oh, I have um, goosebumps. That's so amazing. She's so yeah, wise. Such, I know my mom is a saint. She really is. Um, and so that was just such a blessing for me of um, almost just a release of the pressure 
And so in that moment, so since then I've shifted that I'm neglecting my children to I'm showing them what a fulfilled adult looks like and how to work hard. And I'm going to cry when I say this, but I love my little boys. I'm having a little girl in April and I can't wait to show her what a powerful and self-respecting um, woman looks like, because that is such a blessing to be able to have that. It's such an honor. And so I'm really just excited now. And so it, it when you take that mindset shift, it, it moves away from I'm being a bad mom and takes on the piece of look at the example that I'm giving my kids. And so if I can help my clients make that shift, that changes everything. Because in that moment, when I get a client who's like, oh, like my kids are like, I'm doing this for my kids. They're not holding me back, but I'm doing it for them. And they can see me succeeding and working at things. Um, There's no stopping a mama who's, who has, who has that mentality. Right. And I love that modeling piece, like modeling. And I talk about that a ton on other episodes, modeling um, women who have more of a role in life than just motherhood. Yes. Yeah. And being a mom will always be my very favorite job, but it doesn't have to be the only one. And it doesn't have to be, there's so much more to me than being just a mama. You know, I, I had a whole career before this and, 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 you know, I think sometimes we're tempted to kind of lose who we are especially when we have littles because mm-hmm. they're just so time consuming. So I want to answer your question because the strategy pieces is what's most important, but I wanted to make sure that I kind of talked about how I came to this mindset. So what I started doing is what I do best. I found systems and routines <laughs> that would help me to be able to make sure that I could lay in bed at night and know that my children had a present mother for the time that they're with them. So the first mental shift um, slash strategy is that um, it matters less. And you've said this and matters less about the time and matters more about the quality of that time. Right. And so when I, when I realized that it was like, okay, how can I create these times of days where I am intentional with them? So there's three ways that I really love to do that. So the first one is actually came from my, well, he's five now, but came from my little boy, Bennett, he's my oldest and we call it wacky Wednesday. So there's a Dr. Seuss book called Wacky Wednesday where a kid wakes up and everything is weird. Like there's shoes on the wall and there's like some people don't have legs and (laughs) there's alligators in carriages, just weird things that happen. And he's like super freaked out. So he goes through this whole day. Everything's wrong. Everything's wacky. And he like he can't he has to count all the things that are wacky and then he can go to bed and he wakes up and everything's normal. Well, Bennett even being really little, he loved that book so much that he just was like, let's do wacky Wednesday. So he like found some shoes and like stuck them in the refrigerator handle and just like did some random things. It was really cute. Um, But from that we decided, and that was just kind of a way that I could take advantage of a fun thing for him is we implemented wacky Wednesdays. And really what that looks like now is more of like a yes day. So on Wednesdays, and sometimes it has to change from Thursdays to Wednesdays, right? It's not all or nothing with new habits and routines. Um, but he usually gets to pick what he has for um, lunch, and sometimes it's cereal. Um, <laughs> and I usually try and plan like something fun or some type of outing. So if we're going to go to the museum or to the library or whatever, we usually do that on Wednesdays. Um, and so it, it's, it's had to morph as my kids have gotten older and it's been at some preschool and things like that. But Wacky Wednesday has become just a really almost like a yes day for our family. Um, but Bennett always asks, like, 
is it wacky Wednesday? And if I say yes, then he's like, I want this for dinner or I want this for lunch. He loves food just like me. (laughs) But so wacky Wednesday is one that has been really awesome and and lets my kids, they look forward to every single week. Um, So then the next one is the 15 minutes of quality time. And maybe you can add to this too, but I read a study, I don't even know where, um, of again, back to like the quality of time. Um, for your kids to feel valued and fulfilled, the study said they actually really only need 15 minutes of quality, intentional time with you. It's true. Yep. Um, yeah. And that blew my mind because, right, that totally blows the narrative out of the water of like a good mom is around 24 7. Well, what if that mom's on her phone scrolling Instagram 24 7 or trying to get all the housework done? That's still not, I mean, that's kind of like not being around at all. Right. So taking that time, to just make sure that both my kids get 15 minutes. Um, and that's sometimes when you're a working mom, even that sometimes is kind of hard to do. And so you do have to be really intentional about it. But if I can just, if I can lay in bed at night and know that each of my kids got at least 15 minutes, um, I can feel good about that. And that's something, and depending on your kid, um, my, he's going to be a middle child, which is actually kind of funny, but my youngest right now, he's pretty good on his own. And so he's one I actually have to be more intentional about making sure he has that 15 minutes of time because he doesn't really like call out for it like my older one does. So knowing your kids and their personalities is helpful too. But even if we just sit and read a book or I sit with him while he plays Legos, like the kid is pumped. So figuring out what that 15 minutes of time looks like. Right. And then go ahead. Oh, I love how you recognize the differences in your children and um, adapt to that. So like each kid's going to, the 15 minutes will look different with each child because their personalities and their temperament are different. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I feel like that's one thing (laughs) that needs to be told to like moms who are having another child of like, surprise, this kid's going to be completely different. So there's just when you think you figured it out, there's a new one. Yes. Yeah. And they change it up on you. Same thing with stages and transitions, but, um, okay. So my child led time or do they, or do you plan the activities? Um, so with Tayson usually, well, actually when I think about it, it usually is probably child led. Um, I've, you know, never really, I could be more intentional about that, but usually it is. Um, but sometimes it's like, all I can do is just read a book with them. And so I just offered to read a book and usually they're pumped about that. But, um, we do have, um, I guess bonus, we do what's called tuck in time with Bennett, our older one. Um, and that is 15 to 30 minutes that he gets to stay up later than his younger brother. And he gets to choose what we do together. I love so that. I, yeah, I got it from another, it was like another influencer blogger who has like a bazillion kids and that's how they kind of like make sure they prioritize their kids. Um, and I remember thinking like, that's just so awesome. So yeah, 15 to 30 minutes of time after the other one goes down, Bennett usually, I mean, we've played so many candy lands that I can't even he usually <laughs> likes to do the things that like his brother messes up if we're all doing it together. So he right. chooses, he gets to choose the book or he chooses candy land. So yeah, I mean, I guess that part is child-led, but I, that 15 minutes probably would be even more helpful if it was child-led. So that's a good point. Yeah. And you can switch it up. It doesn't have to be the same every time, but if there's a time when, you know, Tayson's engaging in Legos and you sit down and play Legos with him, that would be child-led. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. That counts then. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So then the last one that has been a big mover in our family, as far as um, 
priority in your kids, but also the hardest is we implemented a no phone zone. So what that looks like for my husband and I is at 5.30, an alarm goes off on our phones. And usually we either have just finished dinner, we're just sitting down to dinner, but that 5.30 alarm goes off and we have to put our phones away. And that's really hard because we've both been working all day. And sometimes it's like, well, I just want to check this really quick. Or like, I just want to scroll this really quick. But that's the one time that our entire family is together. And so that has just been a boundary that Trevor and I have had to put in place that again, we're better at it than, you know, other times, but, um, we just put a phone away and we don't pick them back up until the boys go to bed. So that's about two, five thirty-six. So it's about an hour and a half. It's not even that long, but as adults, like we're so addicted to our devices that it, it is hard. Um, but I think it makes a big difference. It's more for Trevor and I honestly, because yeah, our kids benefit, but, um, Trevor and I need to get into that habit of like being present with our children and with each other. Cause it's like the only time we're all together. So that has, that's kind of like my last. So I guess to kind of like sum those up, the first one is implementing, implementing wacky Wednesday was huge for us. Um, and then 15 minutes of quality time a day and then our five 30 or just whatever time maybe works for your family, just in, in establishing a no phone zone where all the electronics are put in a drawer or in a basket or out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. I have to tell you, since I've been following you, I started this with, and my husband gets home later, so he doesn't always do it with this, but um, I started it and it's been amazing. And I find that like I'm sleeping better, bedtime, nighttime's going smoother because I'm more present and less frustrated with them. I think that's that frustration piece is huge. I think it like just having when you're not trying, because they want to see what you're looking at on your phone. And so it's, and it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, oh, well, if I'm not even on it, then it's like, I have nothing else to do, but be present, which is so sad, but we just have to, we have to establish these boundaries in the technology world that we live in. Well, and we'll get to this later, but a lot of people asked about like boundaries with work. And I think that's a big one too, is like, if, if I have my phone on me and I get a message, I'm going to respond to it. So if I don't even look at it, then I don't have to worry about being distracted and responding to it. Oh, that's so true. So true. Okay. The next one, this is my favorite question. Biggest tip for where to start for a mother who feels overwhelmed and who wants to be more productive and manage her time better. Okay. So I think most people would think that my first answer would be like cleaning schedules and list making and things like that. But Actually, um, my number one advice of where to start when you're starting with any type of like habit or routine or trying to do personal development, it actually all starts with your mindset and where your head's at and how you decide to think about things. And so my first piece of advice would be to stop trying and expecting yourself to do everything. Now I'm going to get it. Yeah. I'm going to get on a bit of a soapbox here because this is the hill that I will die on. Um, I think that, um, um, so basically you show me a mom who is shopping for cooking, all of the meals, doing all of the cleaning, all of the carpooling, managing the home and trying to practice self-care or have a passion or do any type of exercise or hobby on the side. And I'll show you someone who's completely on track, if not already burnt out. Yeah. Um, it is just absolutely impossible. So one of the ways that, you know, <laughs> The biggest difference for me, I have an amazing, wonderful, engaged husband, 
um, who I had to have a conversation with, and, and I love this, I, this is not my phrase, but it says, ask for support, not permission. Mm-hmm. And so when I started pursuing certain things, I, you know, Trevor needs to be on the same page. And so we had a conversation of saying, you know, because you work, I can only take clients at this, this, and this, and this time. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that's in the evenings. So we have to swap places. Um, can you support me in this? And so having like those types of conversations where it was much less of like, Hey, I'd like to do this. Like, do you think, you know, tentatively there's, there's a piece of like respectfully asking for someone's support and asking for permission. You should never have to ask permission to pursue things that you're passionate about or that are important to you. Um, I love that. (laughs) It, it made a big, it made a big impact. And of course my husband was, and I know that I'm lucky in this way. My husband was more than happy to be supportive, but it was just having that conversation. Um, and so if you're doing any type of, again, with my clients, I tell them they have to have a conversation with their spouse because you're going to be doing a lot of growing. You have to be like doing homework. Like there's things you have to do. You need to ask for support in your home. Otherwise this is not going to work and it's not going to stick. And so other ways that that looks like is if maybe hiring out isn't an option for you for like home, like cleaning your home, you should not be the only one cleaning your home because you're not the only one that lives in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Meals can be simple, right? Your family doesn't need three sides with their main course. Um, Ask a neighbor girl. So this one is a game changer for me. I have a cute neighbor girl that from down the street come and just hang out with my boys for two and a half hours, two times a week. And it's a game changer. Yes, I work. You don't have to work to get childcare. Like you just, you don't. So letting that go and understanding that it's an investment in like your peace of mind. Um, and then one objection I already know people are thinking of is like, must be nice. You can afford childcare or whatever that, you know? Yeah. Um, but here's my, th- here's my answer to that uh, is that is literally one meal out with your family. Eat out one less time. So fun fact, personal finances is another passion of mine, but eat out one less time a month so that you can afford that time for yourself. Or maybe make one less run to Target or one less Amazon purchase Mm -hmm. and you can pay for that cute little teenage girl who just needs like movie money on the weekends to come and hang out with your kids so you can run errands or do whatever that looks like. Um, So the idea of getting help and not trying to do it all yourself is the first place to start shifting that mindset. Um, and, and that makes you smart and not lazy <laughs> investing yes. in someone to clean your home or having one of these awesome new meal services delivered, which are expensive. So if you can swing it, good for you, but, um, finding ways to make meal times easier, it makes you smart, not lazy. So that's the first thing that I, that I'd say, start with the routines and habits. Um, they come later and they come next, but first you have to get out of the mindset of, I have to do it all because if you try to do it all and try and grow, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. And I love the mindset going into the conversation with your husband, because I think even if you have the nicest, most supportive husband in the world, sometimes it's not what you're saying to the person, but how you say it. So if you go into that conversation with the mindset of I'm asking for support, they're going to respond in that way rather than asking for permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that asking for permission, almost in the way that like, if we phrase it that way, um, it also, I think sets up a conversation for like how it's going to inconvenience the other person. Mm -hmm. And, and that's (laughs) at the end of the day, like I said, I, 
maybe it's soapbox but at the end of the day it's like you should never have to apologize or feel like you have to ask permission for pursuing something that's going to make you a better version of yourself right I love that that's such great advice Okay, so some of the questions that were submitted, I kind of combined them because I got so many, but the first one is about boundaries with work. So they, so work doesn't interfere with family time. Do you have any tips about that? Yes, in my group program, it's called um, Boss Up Bootcamp. It's literally just for working mamas who are trying to manage their home and not have their home burned down while they're pursuing businesses or hobbies or other things like that. And one of the lessons that I teach, one of the very first things we talk about is <clears throat> getting the idea of balance out of your head and instead filling that with boundaries um, because you'll never be balanced. The time when we try and balance our time, um, it's impossible to do because, for example, I run my own business. So when I'm launching something, for example, if I'm launching that boss at bootcamp, yeah, I'm going to spend more time working that week than I'm going to spend with my kids. Right. Um, but that's not forever and vice versa, you know? And so setting those boundaries with work so it doesn't interfere with family time um, is very important. And the way that I think of that is, um, I guess some really like two tangible tips is to stop trying to do work when your kids are around. So one of the biggest like frustrators or feeling like we can't get anything done or task hopping is because we're trying to do focus tasks like tasks that require our attention or full attention while our kids are around you know mm -hmm. like my three-year-old every time my computer opens he knows the one button to push that pulls up the menu so that he can click on the game and so that's <laughs> the first thing he does every single time my computer's open games it's like no like that's not what we're doing right now and so for me to try and do anything focus related with him around just get it out of your head that you're going to be able to do it because you just can't um so a lot of my focus work either happens in those two and a half hours that I have childcare during the week, or it happens after bedtime. Right. Um, and that's just the way that it is because the work that I do is important and I want it to be quality. And if we're trying to like, even if you don't work, if you, if you're trying to budget when your kids are around, like, it's just not going to be, it's not going to be quality work at all. So, um, that's the first one is stop trying to do work with your kids around. That's a really hard boundary to implement, but it makes a world of difference. Um, the no phone zone, I, I would suggest would be another like really important boundary. Uh, I have a client who's a mortgage loan officer and that's a competitive, you need to be available at all hours of the night. Um, she still set aside time for their bedtime routine, um, where she just puts her phone away because otherwise she has like, she, and she, when she comes back, she has like 10 calls to return, which is just insane. That is um, insane. I know, bless her. But she is that time, that evening bedtime routine is sacred for her. And so um, just establishing some of those boundaries. And so that kind of takes me to the second tangible tip is set hours for work, especially if you like can set your own schedule, if you're working your own schedule. So do set hours for work and set hours for family, like budget in time to be with your family, just like you budget in time to like work out or go grocery shopping or work. Um, and respect those boundaries, because if you don't respect those boundaries, nobody else will. Um, and so those are probably the two best tips that I have. But again, also getting rid of that mindset of, I just need to find balance because you're just going to be constantly disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. There is no balance. Mm -mm. Okay. Then I got tons of questions about time blocking. <laughs> so <laughs> 
tell me what time blocking is for those who don't know, and then tips for time blocking. So time blocking is such a buzzword right now. I feel like it's probably the most, it's like the most common uh, time management system. And it, it is for a reason, it's very effective. So time blocking, the easiest way that I could ever explain it, and I can't take credit for this, I don't remember who said it, but it is setting an appointment with yourself to get something done. So it is essentially creating an appointment in your calendar for a task. So for example, I know that it usually takes me an hour and a half to wrap up two weeks worth of finances. So if I'm going to get that done in that week, I've got to find that two and a half hours in my calendar and block that sucker out. Otherwise, you will not find time for it. Mm -hmm. um, and you can time block like priorities, like new habits, new routines. So for example, if you're like, I really like to have like a nice soothing evening routine. Great. Block it out in your calendar, set an alarm for it and stick to that. Um, utilizing your calendar or planner or however, you know, whether you like paper or digital, it makes a big difference. But one of the biggest pieces and benefits of time blocking. So setting those appointments with yourself, um, is that a lot of the overwhelm that we feel from our task list comes from not knowing when we'll get things done. So if we have created a time knowing, okay, on Friday, I already know I'm getting the budget done. I don't have to stress all week long about when I'm going to get it done. Um, so for me as a business owner, planning content is a huge, I don't want to say time suck because it's, it's so much value and so much important part of my business, but it's long and it takes a long time. Um, and so what I've done is I've broken that into two different hour increments. And so I do a little bit on Friday and then I time block a little bit on Saturday and now everyone who's just like, oh my gosh, she works on Saturday. Like, just know, like, I'm just a freak of nature. I actually really enjoy working. So I do on Saturdays, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that doesn't have to be for everybody. But that's, I guess that's time blocking is creating an appointment with yourself um, to get something done so that you don't have to worry about if you'll get it done or when you'll get it done. But then obviously there's the piece of, then you actually have to stick to the schedule that you set yourself. Um, and that's tricky too. And that's where the alarms come in. Those make a big difference. I like that. I like, um, the alarms. Those are super helpful. And I find that like, say I have like 30 minutes and I'm going to clean or pick up the house or whatever. And I set the timer on the Alexa and then I know like, okay, it's time to shift gears. It helps my brain shift gears as well. And mm -hmm. so, and I feel like I can leave the cleaning at the actual like time because it's in my calendar at that time. I love that you just said that. So we have what's called um, family tidy time. So I will never be that mom that follows her kids around picking up after them. That is just not, I'm not like a super tidy person by nature, first off. But second, I know that my time is better spent elsewhere. I'd much rather be playing with my kids or working with clients or doing client work than cleaning up my house. And so if you were to come to my house anytime before like 5.30 or 6 o'clock, it looks like a tornado went through there almost <laughs> every single day. Um, but it's one thing, it's one of those battles I've just had to, I'm not going to fight this because at 6 o'clock, an alarm goes off in our family and we clean up and everybody cleans up. So I just, I know that it's going to get done. And because I've created that time, knowing it's going to get done, I don't stress about it during the day. Yeah, it sucks that there's couch cushions everywhere and there's toys everywhere. But at the end of the day, like that is not my priority. My priority is my clients and my kids. And yes, teaching your kids to clean up after themselves 
we're working on it. Okay. I'm definitely not a perfect mom, but I also don't have to have a perfect house because there's other things that are more important. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Right. And I think that leaving kids space to actually play and make messes is so crucial in their development. And it's something Mm -hmm. we often rob our children of because we're trying to teach them to clean up or we're so anxious about messes that we feel like things need to be cleaned up right away. Yes, that's so true. And we like, and I'm guilty of this too. Like, yeah, I'll get embarrassed if like someone comes over and my house looks like that. There is not one mom that I know that would judge me one bit because her house looks exactly the same. And so a lot of the times it's like, we're so worried what people think, but who cares? Like at the end of the day, just most likely that mom who's dropping their kid off or whatever, her house looks exactly the same or it has looked exactly the same. And so she has zero judgment going through her brain. Right. And to me, when I go into other mom's houses and they look like mine, it's validating. It's like, oh, good. I'm not the only one. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. When I let that go, realizing like, oh, my house doesn't have to be spotless. When people like come over that, yeah, it's so validating because it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not alone. Other people's houses are destroyed too that have children. Right. Okay. Monkey brain. (laughs) So Someone has a lot on their plate, a ton of things to do, and they can't get anything done because they feel like they don't know where to start, keep switching from task to task without actually completing anything. What do you suggest for that? Oh man, first off, I so feel this and this is so normal, Um, but there's also very few like worse feelings than laying in bed at night, feeling like you were busy all day, you're exhausted, but you have nothing to show for it. Right. Um, it feels awful. And one of the reasons if you're feeling that way, it's because you failed to focus on the things that mattered most and the things that moved the needle for you during the day. Meaning you spent your day being busy. You didn't spend your day taking care of business. I um, love that. Yeah. And so, <laughs> um, so one of um, multitasking is a myth. It is. You cannot do two um, focused tasks at the same time. Um, If your brain doesn't need to be focusing, that's fine. That's why Netflix and laundry are make a great pair, right? Because you really don't have to put like a lot of thought into it, but trying to, but, but I keep going back to budgeting because that needs to happen for me this week, but also it takes time. So if you're managing finances or doing something that requires focus work, and again, your kids are in the same room, you're going to have to keep getting up to do, to get snacks to change diapers, to take kids to the bathroom. Um, And then the thing with that is that it takes you a good 10 to 15 minutes to get back your brain, to get back into the flow of being able to do that task efficiently. So then you, you know, that compounds. So then you end up taking three times as long to get a task done um, than if you had just waited to do it at a time that was better and that you could focus. So first off is like getting multitasking, like that's a myth. It's not something to be proud of. And your brain is actually not developed to be able to do that. Well, it's just not a thing. Um, Unfortunately, our society is, well, I think they're catching on now, but, um, and then the second is, so going back to that feeling at night, laying in bed, feeling frustrated. And um, it's because you didn't do the things that would make you feel successful. So here's my trick with that. I do, it's called the three movers. So when I sit down, I make my task list the night before so that I can hit the ground running the next day and already know what I need to be working on. But then and the you second... sleep so much better. Yes. Because... Oh my gosh. 
you just get it all out there and then you can just it's go out of bed. your yes it's out of your brain that's I mean that's if you ask me that's half of the purpose of creating a task list in the first place um but the second piece of that a lot of people miss this very important second step and it is choosing the most important things on that list so the way we've been taught to use task list is very much incorrect and very um unrealistic a task list is not meant to it's not a deadline and it's no one's grading you for how well you cross things off um, a task list is meant to house the things so that they're out of your brain um, and also help direct you towards priorities so choosing your three movers so the night before you're making your task list you write all the things down out of your head and you think okay what are the three things that if i accomplish tomorrow i can go to bed feeling successful and fulfilled and sometimes getting the laundry put away is one of those things because you've been putting it off for four days. But also, um, it might be something like spending 15 minutes playing Legos with Tayson, right? Mm -hmm. So your movers are going to change very much depending on the day. And you know, only you know what's most important to you and will make you feel fulfilled and successful. But I just star those. I star those three things. Um, and then the trick to that is you start with those things. So the next day you try and knock those three movers out first and then anything else you get accomplished during the day is just a bonus. But your discipline and your motivation, um, usually you have the most of it in the morning. And so if you can start off with a fresh brain after breakfast and knock out those three movers, um, there's a good chance the rest of your day won't feel so scattered because you got the important things done. Oh, that's so awesome. And then you're not stressing about the three most important things all day long. Exactly. So you can actually focus on the other tasks as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you can do, you know, whatever else comes in that list and, but you don't have to cross the whole list off to be successful. I love that. Okay. We kind of already talked about this, but any more tips for making the most of your time with your kids when you work a lot? Yes, I actually could probably talk about this forever. So I did talk about the tuck in time. Um, that's huge. That has been, I mean, that's probably Bennett's favorite. He'll ask. So tuck in time is actually something that I'll schedule out. It's great if we could have it on the same day every week, but that doesn't work for our family right now because we have sporadic schedules. Um, but when I'm weekly planning, when I'm sitting down and planning out my week, I make sure that on my checklist of things to calendar is tuck in time because it's important to Bennett. Um, and like I said, I've played way more rounds of Candyland than I ever want to. And I'm sure that I definitely will still. Um, but tuck-in time has been an important thing for us. And so when Tayson gets a little bit bigger, we'll probably implement the same thing with him. Um, and then another tip um, is to make quality time fun for both of you. So I love what you talked about child-led. Um, and I definitely think that for that 15 minutes, I'm going to do more with that. Um, but try and be mindful about scheduling things that are fun for you too. So for example, I'm not that I'm not a homebody. I'm not the mom that like can entertain or wants to entertain her kids all day at home. Um, and so for us, I realized, okay, if this momming thing is not going to totally drain me, I need to start like being a mom in the way that's fun for me. And so what this looks like for me, and it'd be different for everybody, is taking my kids running with me. Um, <laughs> have to figure out that new logistic once we have three children. But um, 
one of my things is probably three to four mornings when it's warm enough outside, like my kids know we're going for a run, like no matter what I pack them snacks, they each get to bring a toy. Um, they love being out there. I let them get out of the stroll and run around for a little bit. But for me, like that was something a, like I'm prioritizing my fitness. Um, but B that was something that we all enjoyed. And so that we spent quality time together. I got a workout and the boys were able to kind of run around and be outside. I mean, it's just a win on so many levels. Um, and then another example of that is, is getting out of the house for me. So oftentimes, so my kids, my kids are totally cool with going to the mall and just looking at things like they don't oh, that's awesome. expect, they don't expect to like buy anything because when we, when we were little and Bennett, when he, when Bennett was little, we would just go to the mall to get out of the house because we lived in Minnesota and it was too cold to be outside. And so we would just go walk around the mall for like two hours. And sometimes I'll buy them ice cream, but sometimes we go home with absolutely nothing. So I don't spend money every time I go, but it's just one of those things that's free, gets us out of the house. And like, we just kind of move around and have a change of scenery and that's fun for me. And so um, just little things like that. And if you love taking your kids to the museum or things like that, so making momming fun for all of you has probably been one of the number one things too, that I'm like, I know I've accepted. I'm never going to be a crafty mom. Like yeah. I will never be the mom who's cool with all the glue and the glitter and the, you know, slime sometimes if it's on a placemat, like I just, the mess stresses me out. Um, but, and they get that at school. So I know they're still getting that. Um, but I'm, I've decided like, I am the mom. I'm fun. We go and we do fun things. We leave the house, we go do things together. And that makes momming fun for me. And so um, my boys get that quality time that they need, but also it's not draining for me. I love that because my soapbox is it all about like embracing the mom that you are and that yes and your strengths and being your most authentic mom self so like not trying to be the pinterest mom if you're not the pinterest mom because mm -hmm. you're going to be miserable and you don't have to be like every other mom out there you can exactly. be your own kind of mom and that's what your kids need and if you are the pinterest mom holy hannah good for you because we all yeah. need you like yes thank you for doing that <laughs> but it's okay if you're not Yes. It's okay. If you, you're not crafty or it's okay if you are, and it's okay if you order, you know, birthday decorations off Amazon and yep. pray they get there in time because that's what I do. Yeah. Or even have birthday decorations. <laughs> oh, that's a good, um, yeah. I have done little Caesars pizza at every one of my son's birthday parties. He probably loves it. They love it. And it's like a thing now, like people expect mm -hmm. that. And so, and I'm just embracing that. Like I'm, I'm that mom. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> yep. I buy pizza. Yep. yep. Kids love pizza. Yeah. Everyone loves pizza. Okay. Last one, mom guilt and how you've overcome that and how you manage like emergencies with juggling your work schedule. Yeah, probably <clears throat> expected to happen. <laughs> yeah. It 100% expected to happen. So on Monday of this week, so this is, let's say Wednesday. So this was two days ago. This is perfect timing. Um, my husband is in a training program for his work. So, I mean, he just can't, he cannot be interrupted during the day. Yes, it's a blessing that he's at home, but pretty much all the parenting is up to me during the day. Um, and Monday morning, first off, it was our anniversary. So I had all these expectations in my head of like, we're going out for dinner tonight and it's going to be so great. And I, you know, I have a sitter that's supposed to come on Mondays, then also goes to preschool on Mondays. So my Monday is like 
they're like a work of art and I get time to like get things done and it's wonderful. But both my boys woke up with colds. I don't know if it was like hay fever or if it's actually colds because they have allergies, but um, the whole day went down the drain. So it was like the minute I, and they woke up at 5.40, 5.40 in the morning and I'm pregnant. And if I'm not getting the sleep, like I can't even make it through the day in the first place. So all of those factors, right. That's often a very normal day because we just don't know what our kids are going to do. And so they woke up sick. And so luckily I didn't have any client sessions scheduled, but I had no childcare. We had no preschool. I was sleep deprived. I would definitely like that was a moment where I had to just mentally like, okay, I have to be flexible here. I have to accept that this is what the day is and I have to embrace it. <laughs> and so we watched a lot of screen time. We sat on the couch a lot. We played, you know, when I say we, they played a lot of sand and Play-Doh and things like that. And I just had to let go of my task list that day and just know that if like nothing's going to burn down, And especially if you're a business owner, just knowing that like your business is going to be there when you get back, because if you've built a business that will set on fire in one day without you being there, you have a whole other problem on your hands. So that would be like, my first thing is just expect it to happen so that Mm -hmm. when it does, it's not like a total, you don't resent your kids. It's not like a total meltdown. Um, And the second piece is don't build. So again, if you're a business owner, every single one of my clients, I could have called if I'd had sessions with them that day, I could have called and said, I have sick kids. And they would have been like, do your thing, mama. We'll talk another time. And that's, I mean, that's the the beauty of being a business owner. And I know not everybody, you know, has that, but uh, don't create a business with clients that who wouldn't be okay with the most important thing in your life. I've had my kids come in during client sessions, literally just last week, I had to say on a session, Bennett, get your butt out of your brother's face. (laughs) And then I was like, oh gosh, I wish that had not just happened. But my client laughed. It was just like, it's real life. So, I mean, build your business. If you're a business owner, or if you have a control of your work schedule, build that around your kids, not the other way around. Um, and that's been something I've been very intentional about is I, and I mostly work with moms who get it. So that's a blessing too, but change that story. You're telling yourself of, oh my gosh, like the whole day's ruined because they did this one thing of just like, that's a piece of motherhood is just learning to be flexible. And some of our personalities work with that better than others. My personality is not one of them. And so it has <laughs> had to be very intentional about embracing the chaos of having littles in your home. Um, but just expect it to happen so that when it does, it's less of a emergency or less of a disaster. Um, and then the second thing that I would say of with the mom guilt, um, we've talked about that a little bit, but one thing I do want to add is when you're feeling that mom guilt, when that like shame monster is like whispering those terrible things or the mean girl, or that Karen is going off in your head about what a crap mom you are. Um, the best way to combat that is to to think if I had a girlfriend who was saying these things to herself or feeling this way, what would I say to her? Um, because most likely you would totally tell her to let herself off the hook. Right. Um, because we're so supportive of our friends and cause we can empathize. And so think of what you'd say to your girlfriend or your sister who said that about themselves or feeling that way. Um, and then write it on a sticky note and put it on your bathroom mirror, 
put it in your task notebook, write it down, journal it, um, or just say it out loud to yourself. Um, that's one of the quickest ways. If you can out talk the negative in your head, oftentimes it doesn't last as long. I totally agree. And back to the emergencies, I think even if you work for someone else and they are upset because you are taking time or you have a sick kid or anything like that, we kind of just need to learn to be okay with other people being annoyed or upset at us. Oh, yes. That's huge. And it's so hard to do because I think as females, we're trained by society to be people pleasers. And we just need to like, like my husband wouldn't care if someone was upset at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But for some reason I would care. And so just thinking about it that way, like working on being okay, being on with people being uncomfortable. That's okay. You don't have to fix everyone's feelings. Oh, I love that you said that because I mean, would you really rather have your boss unhappy with you and like not be able to be there for your kids. Like you're not going to lay in bed at night feeling okay about making that decision, you know? So think about like the end goal, think about what's most important and the priorities and you know, what would my, what would the best version of myself do right now? And what would they need to be okay with? Because this, you're right. You're 100% right. And that's hard for me too. I hate not being liked. <laughs> and so that is really, it's a very good point. Right. And I hate inconveniencing people. And Uh so like having, I've had to reschedule sessions numerous times because my kids are sick or I'm sick and, and I always feel so bad, but then I've had to learn, like, you know, they can be upset at me and that's okay. And I still need to prioritize myself and my family. Oh, that's such a good point. Okay. So I need to hear your mom fail. Oh, right. Okay. So (laughs) it's, it's good. And it's a fail in, in multiple ways, because I know that I'm not alone here. So first off, knowing a little bit about my personality, um, I am very outspoken and I don't tend to hold back my thoughts even when I should. So that's the first thing, but our oldest, and I've talked about him a couple of times, he has big emotions, big feelings. Um, and he feels things very strongly. And, um, it's, probably helping him manage those is sometimes the hardest part of parenting for my husband and I, um, because I feel things strongly so I can empathize. Um, but I can also be reasoned with. Right. And so a few weeks ago, we were having a big blowout with Bennett. Um, and (laughs) Trevor was like breaking all of the rules that we'd set for ourselves in these situations. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and obviously it could have been me, like, it's not even like it easily could have been me that was doing that. And so I got mad at Trevor. So that for, I mean, the first thing that I did was I felt the need to point out to him, like, stop, like, stop. But I did that in front of Bennett, who was already upset, who was already mad. Um, And so this whole thing was a total epic fail in in two ways. So one, um, I was undermining my spouse in front of my kid, which is never okay, and disrespectful to my husband. And so that was one thing that I just felt awful, awful about. But then with the, the momming part of that too, is that I was failing to show Bennett in that moment that his mom and dad are a united front. And even if, even if I didn't agree with how Trevor was handling it, I mean, it's not like Bennett was not being abused in any way, shape yeah. or form. Uh-huh. Um, and so when I did that, when I spoke out and called Trevor out in front of Bennett, I communicated that dad was not an authority. And that's really damaging as well to Bennett and Trevor's relationship. So 
gosh, I still feel bad about it. And that's something that like, that was one of those experiences that I knew I had messed up and I felt so bad that now every time, even like, and I know Trevor does this for me, but he's better about not saying anything because he doesn't feel the need to express his opinion in every situation like I do. And so I just like have to just bite my tongue and be like, we're going to talk about this later. We're going to talk about this later, but parenting's hard and being on the same page as a team is hard. But, um, that was one way that I, I really messed up with my spouse, but I, I really messed up in showing Bennett, like that his dad was someone to be respected and someone, you know, and, and it's not like, Bennett, you know, Bennett's probably never even going to remember this. But for me in that moment, it was like, wow, like you let two very important people down just because you can't keep your mouth shut. And so that is definitely the most recent, definitely the most painful well, <laughs> mom I moment for me. Love how vulnerable and real you are about that moment. And I love that you realized that that's like not healthy and that you were able to correct it so that it doesn't continue to happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think those are lessons. Sometimes we have to learn by doing them. And when emotions are heightened, it's easy to like, just revert to mouth or brain to mouth, you know, it just comes Mm -hmm. right out. And then you're like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I like live with my lizard brain. I feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I, I spend and I know this about myself, but I, I have gotten very used to apologizing. Like I'm very good at apologizing because it happens all the time. I put my foot in my mouth all the time. And so it's just one of those things that you just have to like, know that about yourself and hope that people forgive you. What an awesome thing to show your kids though, because if they see you apologizing, it's going to make apologizing easier for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to feel like they can make mistakes too. Yeah. And you're right. And one thing I think going forward, I didn't do this because I wasn't mindful about it. I was probably too bad, too busy feeling bad, but I should have gone back to Bennett and said, like, you know, that like mommy shouldn't have done that. Like I support everything that your dad does. And so I I should have, that's probably one step further. I could have even gone to like repair that, but next time. Cool. Um, So thank you so much for coming on here. Tell people where they can find you. Yes. This was so, so, so fun. Um, so yeah, I work mostly with, uh, mamas who own businesses or mamas who work, but also my home management stuff can be, you know, for anybody who just doesn't want their house to burn down while they're trying to manage it. So, um, you can just find me at Chelsea Westman on Instagram. That's just my handle. And then my website has a lot of really helpful blog posts for managing like your home and your finances. And so that's just chelseawestman.com. And, um, I don't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook. So, but I mean, that one's just Chelsea Westman too. And I usually do a, if you're a business owner, I do a free monthly masterclass once a month too. So if you come and find me on Instagram, you'll find out about that. So, and I highly recommend those. They are very, very useful. Yeah. Yeah. So tell letting me do this. Also explain kind of what services you offer to people. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so I am, my title, I'm doing air quotes, is productivity coach and business consultant. So what I do is I really help mamas who are growing businesses, but also raising babies, be able to do both without the mom guilt and the overwhelm. Um, and so I have one-to-one programs. So I have a couple of those um, where I coach one-to-one, and then I do group programs, which are some of my very favorite things to um, to do. So I have the Boss of Bootcamp one that I talked about. I also have a um, mastermind that I do, and I'll probably be starting a new group program, um, in the fall. 
And I will most likely be launching a course called Path to Productivity. Now that one is not just for business owners. Um, that will be for anyone trying to embrace productivity and efficiency into their life and kind of how to do that. And then that helps with finances as well. Um, and then I always offer, I do offer a 30 day financial mentoring and that one's really fun. I don't talk about that one a lot, but I totally do that. And I think that's it. So one-to-one -one group programs. Um, and then I'll be coming out with a done for you type service um, here pretty soon too, that just whips what systems and things that people need. I'll just whip it out and hand it to you on a silver platter and you don't have to do anything. So. Oh, I love that. I'm so excited. That'll be fun. Okay. Well, we'll have to have you back on here maybe in the fall when you have your, um, <laughs> your program coming up. Yes. And then we can also talk about what not to do with life with three kids. Cause I'm sure I'm going to have plenty. Of yes. Yes. Tips. Okay. I'll thanks for coming on. Thanks so much. Lindsay. Uh if you want more of mindful as a mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams. L-C-S-W. Once again, at Linz, L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams, L-C-S-W.